Hi, this is Bernie Dake. You're listening to the Salvation Army's Words of Life. all over the Gulf Coast calling Hurricane Katrina their own tsunami. hurricane ever to hit the American Leaving a mess like none other seen it before. It was a total catastrophic disaster. A region that's been utterly devastated. Our response is generous and the need is overwhelming. is now uh, touring one of the Salvation uh, Army centers that have been set up to try and distribute relief. Just had the Salvation Army truck. The Salvation the Army. Salvation Army. Well, thank God for the Salvation Army. Organizations like the Salvation Army would be taking care of them. The Army's mission is to serve the people who need our help and to preach the gospel of Christ. Welcome back to Words of Life. I'm Bernie Dake. And I'm Cheryl Gillum. Cheryl, I'm very excited that we are we are able to have Bobby Geary yes. in this office with us because she is a very busy human being yes. all year round with the disaster response for the Salvation Army. So welcome, Bobby. Thank you. And sadly, this is the last of the series, last episode in the series. But I hope that our viewers, our listeners have had a chance to learn more about what we do as it relates to emergency disaster response. Last week, we talked about what happens before, during, and after a disaster. And uh, it's just amazing. And we're grateful that you just lend some time to us so we can continue to educate our public. Yeah, and this week we want to talk about the survivors. You know, I've been to um, a disaster response where I, I stand there and I look at all the devastation and I think, oh my goodness, this is, you know, this is devastating. This is horrific. And yet I stand amazed when I talk to people who actually rode out the storms and who actually were, you know, there during that time and go, man, how did they make this? How did they make it? You know, and I know you have some great stories of those who have been survivors of these storms, and we would just like to hear of a few from you. Sure, I'd be happy to share just a couple. Um, two, two, two personal ones stand up out for me, especially. One is um, in response to the West Virginia floods that we did several years ago. And I remember um, getting out of the incident command post for, for an afternoon, and we were going out to hand out some gift cards and provide just some bulk distribution of items. And we were set up at this, this church that had been pretty well devastated from this, this event, but yet we're still willing to provide uh, services to others. And um, I'm standing there looking at all of the stuff that people could pick up on their own. And this this lady comes over to me, elderly woman, um, and she says her first words were, I survived. Wow. I said, okay, tell me more. Tell me about this. And she said, 
Well, my husband and I were at home and he didn't want to leave, but I just knew that we needed to leave because I just knew those floodwaters were going to rise and and it was going to impact our home. So I called my nephew and he was able to come over and get us in his car. And once we got in the car, we couldn't get very far before we had to drive up an incline and sit in our car for 12 hours as the waters started rising. And she said they got to just the back end of the car, but they didn't go any further. And Thank she just God. was was talking about their experience of of survival, yeah. like mm-hmm. genuine survival, yeah. and um and that that it took them twelve hours to sit there. And so I I was like, wow, I you know that that's that's courageous. I, I mm-hmm. can't even imagine. And so you know what I learned from that was that sometimes people just need to tell their stories. Right. Yeah few minutes later, I saw the lady walk to someone else and she started the same conversation. (laughs) And I just thought how healing it is Mm -hmm. to share those stories of of survival. That's that ministry presence that you were talking about at the very first episode that we, when we started this. That's exactly right. It's it's just being there for people so that they can Uh, express what Mm -hmm. they've just gone through and have someone to listen to it with a compassionate ear. Normal Sunday, I was supposed to clean house and he was just relaxing on the couch, so we both decided to relax on the couch. Uh, we knew we'd been told all week a storm's coming, but like so many of us, we ignored it. We knew what time to be ready. One family in Carney lost multiple homes. In fact, several members of the Knox family rode out the storm together in a storm shelter, but the parents' home and the son's home across the street, both homes flattened. We had gotten in the cellar. About that time, that's when the sirens were really wailing. But then they quit. So we thought, well, you know, they quit. It ripped the siren out of the ground, or it, it took it out. And the, one of the last things I remember is the, the turbine on top of the cellar was ripped off. And debris started falling through the hole, and my son was covering his girlfriend and her mom. And me and my dad were holding the cellar door down because it was trying to rip it off. So we're actually holding on to the door. And when we heard everything outside. It took us a while to find actually any of the horses and the two dogs. There were several people around us that had lost their animals. You know, and until this happened, I, as a person of society or mankind, I was giving up on people's goodness. And people like the Salvation Army let me feel that there's still good out there. There's still people that's willing to go above and beyond. And they knew, you know, that his mother had lost her house. They knew that we had lost our, our business. Nervous. They knew we had lost, you know, our home. And so they came in knowing and made us feel more comfortable that it was gonna be okay. It was gonna be okay and that they would be there. I always thought it was just clothes that they did. Um, they did the clothes, they did the food, they could help you with, if you had to get a new vehicle, which all of ours were taken out, we had to get a new vehicle. And they always came and had a smile or a hug or, you know, just something. Somebody to talk to. Somebody to talk to, and that was very important. I mean, we had each other, but it was nice to talk to somebody else, to talk to someone that didn't even know us and wanted to be kind and caring and help for no reason and not expect anything. Without the Salvation Army, we wouldn't have been able to recover like we have. 
it's always you always hear in the background well call Salvation Army if you you know need something or Salvation Army wants to help what what can they do and it, it still doesn't stop and here we are a year later and they're still there So speaking of being there, the other story I'd like to share is from my time at the Baton Rouge floods. Mm. And we were um, we were participating in a bulk distribution and um, I hadn't gotten prepared to actually do that work. And so um, I'm in a line of, um, of handing out food boxes, water, cleanup kits and such. And this car comes through and um, it's very hot. Baton Rouge, um, you know, August, mm. steamy, hot, hot. Yeah. hot. Yeah. And um, I didn't have a cap on. And this this lady and her mother come come through in their Jeep. And she notices that I'm beet red. You know, redheads kind of tend to get that, <laughs> that red um, look to them. And so she's like, you need a hat. Here, take my hat. Mind you, this is a survivor wow. who's lost pretty much everything. And she wants to give me something. I'm like, oh no, I don't need your hat. And she's like, yeah, yeah, you do. <laughs> and so I, I eventually, I took her hat, thanked her, put it on my head. I still have that hat. Wow. And it just shows the gratitude, the, um, the ability of disaster survivors to be resilient and even to look at others and see their needs yes. in the midst of their own devastation. Yeah. And so those are just two personal stories that I carry with me regularly when I'm thinking about our disaster response with the Salvation Army. When disaster strikes, the playing field is leveled. That's mm. right. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do. Mm -hmm. you, everyone is affected by disaster. Yeah. And uh, it's, that's an incredible yeah. couple of stories, Bobby. Thank you. Now, what about recovery and long-term? When does the Salvation Army decide, well, we're going to pack up and leave? And, or how do we participate in the recovery of communities that have been affected by disaster? Well, Bernie, we may pack up the disaster response part, mm. but we don't leave the community. Right. As we already mentioned um, previously, we're there before, during, and after a disaster. Yeah. And so when it comes to the after, a lot of it is dependent on, you know, the funding that's that's been raised as a result of the disaster. You know, how much we've received in corporate donations, how much we've received in individual donations in order to then determine what we can offer in long-term recovery. Okay. And so the, those those numbers then determine exactly how and what we'll do moving forward with with assistance um, beyond just the, the immediate disaster response. Yeah. Amen. And then we take that money and we pair it or we partner with other agencies and organizations for that long-term recovery, right? Yes. And uh, it becomes a community effort. That, that that's exactly well. right. Yeah. Yeah. Bobby, we are very glad that you were able to carve out some time to spend with us and our listeners. Thank you. And we will continue to pray for your ministry with the Salvation Army in emergency disaster services. If you have a disaster story or a desire to get involved and you're not sure how to do that, you can contact us right here at radio at uss.salvationarmy.org. God bless you. It was just a normal day. Uh, I was watching the weather, and, and then the, the sirens was on, and I, I didn't know what to do, so I just just hid. National Weather Service in Norman has issued a tornado warning for Elrino, Yukon. I grew up in that house since I was born, 
I, I lost my mother and father. I was trying to live there again and f fix it up, and then this happened. I had to start all, all over. People don't realize how what they got until they lose it. I didn't. I didn't know what to do until Salvation Army helped me. I, I didn't really know much, much about him until you're a victim. You really don't know. They bought me a, a, a new home, paid my bills. I don't have to pay, pay nothing on the house. All, all I had to do is just be here. And it's been a year, and I still go there just to say th thank you. It still amazes me how caring they are and they don't just put you in a place and go away and I've cried and cried and they I had sad tears and then I had happy tears and they were right there yeah. I'm sorry mm -hmm. but they're wonderful my life ended right then and they took it back I I, I have hope because of them. The Salvation Army's mission, doing the most good, means helping people with material and spiritual needs. You become a part of this mission every time you give to the Salvation Army. Visit SalvationArmyUSA.org to offer your support. And we'd love to hear from you. Call 1-800-229-9965 or visit SalvationArmyRadio.org to connect. Tell us how we can help. Share prayer requests or your testimony. With your permission, we would love to use your story on the show. You can also subscribe to Words of Life on your favorite podcast store or visit SalvationArmyRadio.org to learn about more programs produced by the Salvation Army. And if you don't have a church home, we invite you to visit your local Salvation Army Worship Center. They'll be glad to see you. Join us next time for the Salvation Army's Words of Life.